Okay, we're live. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Fireside Freedom. I'm Letty, the Firestarter this week, and joining me, we have Brian, Amy, and Mr. Toolman Tim. Um, we're talking about strong relationships and marriages. So, uh, hey guys, how's it going? Not bad. No, it stops snowing, I'd be happy. <laughs> So I thought that today would be a good day to do this topic because yesterday was Valentine's Day. So in the in the spirit of love and hearts and chocolates and everything else, what do you guys do for Valentine's Day? I surprised her with flowers. So she likes carnations and she also likes vases. So I snuck down to the flower shop, got a nice little purple vase with a bunch of carnations in it snuck it in her office put it on her chair so when she pulled her chair out there they were so oh that's so nice uh we yeah. sat around uh i drank some really good whiskey mm. and we talked about ham radio stuff that was what we did pretty romantic huh that's a great date and I, I loved it i thought it was great <laughs> i mean i wish you a happy valentine's in the morning and went to work and came home and we ate dinner and um yeah nothing it's, no, it's it's another day man like yep. i appreciate her every day i try to show her that every day so i don't need like a calendar to tell me to do it indeed yeah i mean we we kind of celebrated on sunday i made pulled pork and burn ends and we had pretzel rolls and cornbread and mac and cheese and we watched some kids yeah. movies with the little guy and yesterday was just Oh, happy Valentine's Day. Here's a card from Little Man for you. <laughs> but like, like 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 my man said, if he needs a special day to tell me that he loves me, we've got bigger problems going on. <laughs> so uh, just to get a little background, everyone, how long have you guys all been together and married with your spouses? Really put me on the spot. <laughs> Where do you want to go? I'll go. Go, uh, Brian. End of May, uh, we'll have been together for 14 years and married for six. Uh, this year, we will have been together 23 years and married 22. Don't do the math on that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's yeah, I know. <laughs> 17 years, I believe. So married 16 and a half, 16, something like that. So we were, yep, <clears throat> engaged and married pretty quick. There you go. See, Maybe. I had to ask her earlier. She's got it in her phone because she doesn't remember either. So I I asked her and she whipped out her phone. She's got like a date app on her phone. And she's like, oh, it's been this and this and this. And I'm like. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I don't really, even remember oh, when I met my man, but uh, we met at school <laughs> nine years ago and started dating eight years ago. Been married six years this May. So. And I'm still alive. He's still alive. <laughs> and we're hitting that six-year mark, so congrats, Brian. <laughs> but, yeah, we're definitely at the, the younger end of things around here with, with this little group. <laughs> yeah, I had practice before, though. <laughs> I, I, I had a redo. I, I called it quits and, and started it again. So I learned ah. how to do it wrong before I learned how to do it right. <laughs> But I mean, that's that's part of what it is, you know. You you make your mistakes and you figure out what it is that you want, and and there you go. And like I told my parents this weekend, because we were talking about my brother who 
were waiting on him to propose to his girlfriend. And I said, you know, if he was going to do it by now, he would have done it. Because when you know, you know. But I don't know. It was eight years before I did it. So. <laughs> and, I, and I knew I knew like day day two. Actually, I knew before we were even together because it was like the first time I saw her. I knew that I was going to end up with her. So, uh, yeah, but it took me eight years to actually propose because you know, coming out of a disastrous marriage, it's like I'm never getting married again. So I guess it shows you what uh, what kind of a girl she is that she stuck around that long and actually turned my mind. So oh, That's was... understandable, though. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> oh, okay, six months. Yep, yeah, from the day we met till we were engaged, we did things the old-fashioned way, crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I know, I know we've had a couple of shorter engagements. Did you guys do any pre-work before you got married? Like, did you discuss any outcomes? Like, one of the things that my guy and I said was, "Divorce is not an option." So, if we have problems, we're going to work through them, um, or like handling finances or dealing with conflict? Did you guys do any of that stuff or have you just kind of winged it as you've gone along? I don't know, like work is necessarily, I, yeah. So I get all confused because people talk about how hard marriage is and how hard, how much work it is and how you have to, I don't know. Cause I don't do that. Like we pretty much from day one, um, we were both coming out of really shitty relationships. And um, so we really knew what we didn't want. And we listened to each other. We were both like, well, I was separated from my wife living in an apartment and she was still with her fiance. And we started talking and I just listened to her and I listened to the problems she was having and they were the same problems I was having. And so when she was eventually done with that relationship, we ended up coming together. And we already knew what we didn't like. So we knew we liked each other. So we just kind of went with it. And, you know, just from day one, we were open and honest about who, like, you got to know who you are before you can expect someone to get along with you. So you have to be able to express yourself and your feelings and your thoughts, your desires, all of that to someone else and be honest about it before they can reciprocate and and be your partner because if they don't know what you want or what you're about because you don't know then how are they going to make you happy so i think that's really the basis i don't think there's a whole lot of pre-work and to the divorce is never an option yeah screw that man like if you're not happy get the fuck out because it's not worth it it really isn't i mean i know there's the stigma the religious stigma or societal stigma or whatever it is but no, get the fuck out because you're not helping anybody. You're not helping your kids by staying together because you're miserable. Cut it off. Go. Go. Just be happy somewhere. Life's too freaking short to be miserable because we're never going to get divorced. Not saying don't work on things, but, you know, don't ever rule it out. I guess for us, I would say, I mean, I was 21 when I got married. My husband was 23 and... um I moved from my parents' house to my house with my husband. He moved from his parents' house to our house. So like it was, oh my word, we didn't live together. It was all new. And it was it was really punting through all that stuff. Um, I mean, I think, you know, we got married in a church because that's 
where we were at that point in our life. And, um, you know, you do the whole, you have to do the pre-marriage counseling and all that. And I don't know that there was anything that we ever talked about in that, that I was like, whoa, I didn't know that about you. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I would say that anything that we learned after that, especially in the first few years that you're actually married, um, it, it wasn't anything they were going to bring up in a pre-marriage class. You know, it's just something you have to live through and experience. And like Brian said, you got to know yourself before you're going to share life with someone else and, and you still continue to grow as a person and your relationship grows. And I just, I, I think you got to go at it and punt and work at it and hope for the best. Yeah. For, for us, <clears throat> I know we're going to talk about it later, but I mean, I think financial first was one of the, you know, we just kind of wanted to make sure we were on the same page with how we wanted to deal with money. Cause that seemed important because we'd both been single for a bit and uh, we'd both, I think sworn off getting married or, you know, anything like that at the moment. And then <laughs> decided that, uh, yeah, maybe we'd give the whole thing a shot. Cause I know I couldn't even live with a roommate in college. So I don't know what the hell I was thinking when I met Becky, but, uh, she decided to keep me around for a little while, but, uh, I mean, we talked a lot, but again, it was, I said it was pretty short from the day we met till the day we were engaged was about six months. So we did our best, but I mean, we, we were in love and we were as close to best friends as you could be at the time. So we figured we'd get the rest of it and figure it out. You know, it wasn't sunshine, rainbows and unicorn farts the whole time at first, but you, uh, you learn as you go. Right. And we knew we were committed to it and, you know, we had our kids and we, we made it work and now we're, you know, I know it's cheesy, but I love her more every day, you know, so. I don't think that's cheesy at all. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't either. I'll say it to anybody that'll listen. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we met at school and it was funny because people thought we were dating way, way, way before we even started looking at each other in that way because it was just like, oh, we're in four classes together. Let's sit down and go through the stuff. And then we became best friends through that. And then kind of like danced around them. Do we try to date? Do we not? I had never dated anybody. I was almost 30 years old and had never had a boyfriend. <laughs> so I was like, like going into it, like, this is, this is where I'm at. Like, I know who I am. I know what I'm looking for. Like, if we do this, we're doing this. And he's like, same here. <laughs> But uh, it, I, I think it definitely helps when you get like the friendship and you both go into it and you know that you know who you are yourself and the other person is accepting of that versus some other image of you. Like he knows if he wants to get me something, don't get me flowers and jewelry and chocolates unless it's dark chocolate. He knows to get me like knives or ammunition or <laughs> something funny like that which always gets crazy looks at holidays, but whatever. I mean, that's who we are. So that's why we work. <laughs> but uh, Tim, like you, you mentioned with the, the handling and merging of finances, I think that's one of the biggest struggles that I've seen a lot of my, my friends have. Brian and I went through um, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University before we even got married. So we were like, okay, let's take a look at this and figure out some some problems. But how did you guys figure out what the best plan was going to be for dealing with that? Like, you know, it, I don't know. I, 
I've seen experience from other couples and I, and I'm trying not to judge. I just, I have a hell of a time figuring out how someone can make it work with separate bank accounts. And I, I, I don't know if Brian's agreeing with me or disagreeing with me, but yeah, you're agreeing. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> now you really got me all screwed. No, I just, I just know other couple and, and if it works for you, great. It just always seems to be a competition everybody's always hiding things from each other. You know, we, we weren't even married yet. And we got a joint bank account when we, as soon as we moved in together, because it's all one house and it doesn't matter if one person's making more than the other, it, it all goes to the bottom line. You got to run the marriage like a business. And yeah, I mean, I, to us, that was, I, you know, we'd, we'd seen, you know, we had some good examples and some bad examples in our past, but um, we just knew that if we were going to do it and make it work, it had to be, you know, everything had to go into one pile. And Becky's way better with money than I am. So I'd rather let her do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I just give her my paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. She lets me, she, I mean, she doesn't let me, I mean, when I need to buy something, I just tell her I need to buy something and I go buy it and she just takes care of the bills. And if, if there's not enough money for me to buy what I need to buy, she tells me. And like when we were doing homestead stuff, um, it was kind of separate, but uh, it was like budget, you know, for a project is how much the project going to be. I don't know. Well, you need to tell me how much it's going to be before I can tell you if we can do it or not. So it was like doing a project budget and giving it to her and she would look at it and decide what we could do and what we couldn't do. Just real quick to pop back in. I forgot when we first, when we first got married, a rule we had was, and if she's listening, I can't, I, th I think it was $20, but I can't remember for sure. But we had a rule that anything might even have been $5. I can't remember anything anyway, because I mean, things were tight, but let's say it was 20 bucks. I can't remember, but we had a rule that any purchase over that amount, we had to run it by the other person and it worked great. You know, as life has gone on, the, the amounts have gone up a little bit, but it's still right. If there's anything out of the ordinary, we run it by each other. Right. So. Well, that's like the Valentine's thing or birthdays and Christmas and all this shit. We don't do anything for any of that because we're spending our own money on each other. And it's like, why don't we just go buy what we want? I don't need, like, I can do something thoughtful for her. Like, I can make her something. I can color her a picture, you know, I can, you know, do shit like that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's the, the money thing is kind of a, it's, it's all or nothing, I think. It's really, like Tim said, separate accounts has got to be a, just an absolute nightmare to figure out. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. Same thing. I mean, it was, you know, we had joint accounts. My joint account, my husband was very much like, here, you figure out what to do with the money because you're better with money. And, you know, I would, none of that hiding stuff that you're buying. Like, I don't understand that. I don't understand how you have a relationship and, you know, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me, but. I guess whatever works for you, if it actually works. Yeah, I, I know I've seen some people and they're like, oh, well, hold on, wait, that's the wrong card. I have to use my separate card instead of his card because I don't want him to know that I'm spending money on this project. And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know, I, I look at him like, if you're keeping that secret, what other secrets are you keeping? So that's actually something else that I was thinking about. Do you keep secrets? and? If so, are they like the fun type of secret? Like, hey, we're having a surprise party. <laughs> or is it just everything's laid out flat on the table? I tell her everything. Yeah, I'll go. Our, yeah, so 
Uh, where was it? We we have some other questions down the road, but um, bet so this revolves around the best piece of advice or whatever. So when we were first married, I was miserable about being able to tell Becky any bad news. I would keep it from her simply because I didn't want to upset her, and not because I thought she'd you know get mad at me. I just literally didn't want to hurt her, and so I would just keep bad news from her. Like one time, we found out we were getting like a pay cut at work or whatever, and I didn't tell her. I think I had like six weeks to tell her. And I didn't tell her till like five weeks and six days or something, you know, and I, I've learned since that that's a bad idea. It, it works much better to be open about it. But when we were young and newly married, yeah, I would. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So no, no, no secrets. We're, we're, I don't know how we would, you know what I mean? We always joke about, I always joke about, uh, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. She's like, oh, I'm too tired. I don't have time for that shit. You know? But yeah, yeah, I would. I'd, I'd go on hunting trips and stuff like that, and I'd go with her family and her dad and her brother, and they'd be talking about stuff, and, like, I'd come home and tell her about the whole trip. There was, like, no, uh, oh, uh, did you guys go, what did you guys do the other night? Oh, we went to the strip club and, and uh, hung out, and it's, like, whatever. People hiding it. I remember a, a story back while uh, probably – this was we were just dating still but uh i was down in downtown minneapolis a friend came in from out of town with some salespeople, and he took me to a twins game and it was like kind of all on all on their company and and we were uh, heading over to the irish pub and there was this there was a strip joint next door and they're all like oh okay so uh we got to call our wives and stuff. So they all like spread out away from each other and they're calling back home to their wives and I'm listening, I'm walking along next to them and uh, they're like, yeah, I'm heading up to the room. It's, it's getting late. I got an early flight. So we're going to head up to the room. We're going to go to sleep. And they were like all saying the same thing. And I'm like walking along next to them going, what the hell is going on? And they're like, none of you have the balls to tell your wives that you're going to the strip club. And so they all hang up and they're like, Hey, so uh, did you call your girlfriend? Is she like uh, she gonna wait and pick you up later? She's like, no, nah, she's already at the Irish pub. She'll come over to the strip club with us. It's no big deal. They're like, what? Oh my god! Like all freaking out. I'm like, what? I mean, it's just like, tell them what you're doing. If you can't tell the person that you're married to that you're gonna go look at some boobies, then are you really? I mean, either you don't do it. Or you can be honest about it and just tell them that you're doing it. Like, don't hide shit from people. It it's just turns out bad in the end. Yeah, I would say uh, it's interesting to me the things that uh, people will keep from each other or won't discuss with each other. And I always, because uh, sometimes I speak to groups about marriage and different things. And uh, one of the things that I always like to talk about is if you can share a bed with someone, you sure better, better be able to talk to them about anything you know like i i don't understand why we're keeping stuff from each other i don't think i could keep anything from my husband anyway because it's kind of his job to figure things out so <laughs> there's no secrets in this house <laughs> well you know it all comes down to trust you know like brian like you and Corey got that level of trust there that you're just like hey babe we're going next to the strip club you want to come with us <laughs> i mean my guy and i like we always joke about our other families and Oh, and he just reminded me, the internet boyfriends, <laughs> which I've introduced him to the internet boyfriends and they all had a, a big laugh the day that I was like, hey guys, this is my man, like meet meet, meet my husband. And he's like, oh, so you guys are all the internet boyfriends. Okay, I, I see what's going on here. 
but yeah, it, it's just one of those things that that's a running joke. I mean, we spent a while separated, uh, just living situations weren't the best. And we'd always joke. I was like, Oh, how's the other family doing? Your, your other wife and kids, they, they, they doing well. And my, my one brother would look at me like, what, what's going on? And I'm like, Oh, he does the same thing to me. It's perfectly fine. Like, that's what we do. That's our joke. So, but, uh, it, I, I definitely think trust is one of the most important foundations for having that, that level of support and that support system in your spouse. Um, if you don't trust, if you don't trust your uh, husband or wife tonight, when you fall asleep, just realize what they could do to you while you're sleeping. So, I mean, maybe think about that. Like Amy mentioned, if you can share a bed with someone, you ought to be able to, but if you're going to go to sleep next to someone, I've seen movies, man. Like I know what happens when you're sleeping. Yeah, I mean, I, I hopped on a plane about eight years ago and went to Alberta, you know, was out here for damn near six months without her. And uh, she was home in a, you know, 100-year-old house with five kids. And there was never even one thought of either of us not trusting the other, you know. It wouldn't have worked if we didn't, right? And mm -hmm. she'd have just killed me anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, seriously, there, yeah, I mean, that, you know, there, that's not even... I don't know. At a certain point, I guess it's just not even an issue anymore, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Hey, we're we're going to get away from the trusting. Let's talk, let's talk housework. You guys do the traditional woman's in the kitchen doing all the cooking and all the cleaning, all the housework while the man's outside doing all the handiwork or uh, you guys split it. How, how's that work? Well, I work, I work a little extra so she can work four days a week. And so she takes an extra eight hours and does a lot of this, the routine cleaning and stuff like that, because we both put in the same amount of time. So because she's thankful that she can work four days a week and 32 hours instead of 40, then she puts that time into the house and whatnot. Um, I do my own laundry. She does her own laundry. Um, if she needs help with stuff, she just lets me know. And if I need help with stuff outside or projects, I just let her know. And we just kind of roll with it. Um, just make sure shit gets done. Uh, going minimalist, though, and uh, when we were in the camper, it was super nice because it took like three minutes to do shit. Like, there ain't a lot of putting stuff away when you don't have a whole lot of stuff. So, I, uh, I probably do most of the around the house stuff, but that's because I work from home. You know, so to me, it makes sense. It's not because it's like 1950 and the woman's supposed to do the kitchen and do the whole. That's not why it is. It's because I'm home and it's easiest for me to do. Um, but yeah, totally. I mean, if he needs help with stuff outside or own, you know, we're cutting wood, we're doing whatever. Like, it's it's not even a question, really. It's just we're cutting wood today. That's what we're doing, you know, or if there's a project, it, there's something that needs to be done in the barn. That's just what we're doing. It's never really a will you help me with this? It's just this is our life and this is what we do. So. Yeah, for us, I'm, it's gone back and forth over the years. Like when the kids were younger, Becky was a stay-at-home mom. So she would do most of the cleaning. And then we kind of have this routine where every Sunday we get up, sleep in a little bit. And then Sunday's like the deep clean day, you know, but I have a more flexible schedule than her with the daycare. She's there all day, every day. So 
um, you know, if, if it's going to be, uh, like a slow day in the winter when there's no snow, I'll just, I'll be like, okay, honey, I'm, I'm playing house bitch today and I'm going to do all the cleaning. And she just laughs. And, you know, I never do cleaning quite as good as she does. So what ends up happening is, you know, I half ass it all week. We do a pretty good job. And then at the end of the week, we do a whole deep cleaning of the house, but you know, it goes back and forth. I, I clean some, you know, and then when she gets home, she does the stuff that I didn't do good enough. No, I'm just kidding. But the, you know how it is, right? We just seriously, we do just split it and it goes. So, yeah, you're talking about being house bitch. I, uh, so we were up here on the homestead and I got, I got separated from a job and it turned out that I had a bunch of PTO saved up. I got unemployment. So, Really, it was like two months where I didn't really need to get a job. I had plenty of money to cover it. And so, you know, it was summer and we were building up the homestead. And it was like, oh, what a great opportunity to be here and do all these projects. Got the money, got the material. We all, I mean, it was like a ton of stuff to do. And so Corey's like, yeah, why don't you just hold off on looking for a job for a little while and get some projects done and everything since, you know, it's, it's working out. And, uh, so i mean i took full advantage i did projects every day but i also did the laundry cleaned the house and had dinner made when she got home because i wasn't working 40 hours a week and this went on for almost two months and like i waited till the like the last week to get a job found one told her yep got a job she's like oh great oh great and so she went to work and told her co-workers that oh brian found a job and they're like oh isn't that fantastic she's like no it sucks she's like for the whole last two months, dinner's been made every night, all the laundry's been done, the house is spotless, and he's getting projects done. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm more than happy to be a house bitch. I, I, I thrived at it. So, if we can figure that situation out. That's great. Yeah, we, since I stay home, I tend to do the majority of the cooking and cleaning, but we each do our own laundry. But I'm also a little bit OCD and anal retentive with how my laundry gets done, so... No one is allowed to do my laundry. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think our best thing is if I'm cooking, he's cleaning. If he's if he's cooking, I'm cleaning. So that way you're not spending all day in the kitchen. But it's fun. I mean, there's nothing more fun than getting down and dirty like on some project that's going on at the house. I, I love I I love like <laughs> sorry, my husband's like over here making faces at me. <laughs> You said down and dirty. <laughs> oh, because I said because hey, I said down and dirty. I've been getting down and dirty. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> so you want? That's what she said. <laughs> oh, Tim. That's all right. Mine just flashed me earlier. So <laughs> you got to keep it fun. I mean, if you're not having fun, what's the point in being married to that person forever or however long you're gonna do it? You know. But uh. Yeah, it, it's always fun to to take turns, and especially when you're doing like household, not even the housework, but projects around the house. Sitting there with him, he he may be do. I may no, I can't even hold stuff up for him because he's too tall for me. I'd have to get on a ladder, but you know, like helping out doing all that stuff. That's where you get your best stories. Like you're not gonna believe what my man and I did. It. I, I look at Amy; she's always sharing the stuff that. Her and her man are working on the farm, and those are some good stories, girl. <laughs> but um, I, I guess what are some difficulties you guys have run into over the years 
since you've been married. I'll go. Um, so this will kind of speak to the state of our relationship over the last 14 years. Um, I really had to think hard to think of a difficulty. Um, we really are just kind of go with it and um, we call it like it is. So uh, I did come up with one and it was probably the closest we ever came to breaking up uh, was before we were married. So it would have been easy. We would have just, but we moved a sleeper sofa into the upstairs of a 1930s farmhouse together and almost killed each other. Um, almost broke up and uh, swore that uh, the way we resolved it was that couch was not coming out of the upstairs. And if it was, it was coming out in pieces through the door off the balcony into the front yard. Um, and then we went for a little walk and made up and everything was good. So that's about the most difficult that we've had in our relationship. So I think that it's been pretty smooth sailing. I would say, uh, uh, similarly, I was like, all right, so what are we going to talk about here? Because we're pretty go with the flow, but I would say if there's anything that's kind of added to any difficulty, it would be uh, my husband's career and the schedule that we have to deal with because of that. And so anything we've ever struggled with has kind of stemmed from that, um, especially when the kids were little and I, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm home with these kids all the time. And I never know if you're going to be home and you're supposed to be home. And now you're not, now you've been working six hours over time and he's dealing with the stress of that and come home and go back to work and all that. But what we figured out, um, so with my husband's jobs, he, he will generally work a very long stretch of days and then he will have a chunk of days off. That's just how it works. And so when we, when our kids were little, we had this deal where when he would have a chunk of days off where it was three or four or five days in a row, I would get 24 hours to myself and he would get 24 hours to himself and the rest of the time we'd be a family. And that was so important because when I was going nuts, I just knew there was that day coming up. I got my 24 hours. I can lock myself in the bedroom if I want. I can leave if I want. I can go hang out with friends. I can go sit on the river bank and stare into nothing, you know, just like whatever I needed to do. And he also had that day where he'd want to go on a motorcycle ride with his friends or he'd want to be in the garage working on a project. And, and so it was so nice that we just we set that up and I would tell people about that and they'd be like, well, we can't do that because my husband doesn't have that many days off. Well, no, but you can say one Saturday a month or for three hours, you know, like whatever, just know that you have that time so you can, you know, just wait for that. And you know, you're going to have that. And that was very helpful for us, especially when the kids were little, because I think that's when it was the biggest struggle. As the kids got more independent, it wasn't as big a of a deal for me. Um, but I would say that's really the major struggle, I think, that I would bring up if I was going to bring up any, I guess. I mean, for us, like, again, we could literally spend 24 seven together, you know, I mean, yeah, like, I'm not saying we don't <clears throat> bicker when we decide that we need to hang pictures on the wall, and I do it a little crooked. And then she tells me it's the wrong way, you know, but we do it because we love each other. And I mean, some of the best times we've ever had is like road trips where we're literally together 24 seven, you know, it's a lot of fun. But if I had to pick, I would say probably kids, you know, like, Oh, kids. I love them to death, but kids, you know, adult kids, especially and uh, teenage kids also 
two-year-old kids, uh, preteen kids, you know, just kids in general. We love them to death, but they, they're they definitely the most difficulty we've had over the years. And uh, we do our best to get them to where they need to be. And we kind of deal with it as a couple. So, yeah, I mean, again, we, yeah, we have difficulty sometimes, but it's, we do it together. I, I think that's really what it is, is you're together and you're working through it. Um, I was thinking about this and I, I think like the biggest difficulty that we've had was we moved up to Wisconsin and we were living with his parents and it was not a good place for little man and me to be. So like we had to make that tough decision where little man and I left and we left for a year. It wasn't supposed to be a year, but it ended up and we had to do the long distance thing and I'd see when he would come down to Illinois to visit how difficult it was on little man when his daddy would come back north. And then we had a, then we went through the whole house buying process, which let me tell you, last year was not the time to buy a house. <laughs> the market was insane, but I mean, the biggest thing was we talked to each other every single day. Like whenever he had a break at work or whatever. He'd be checking in with me. I'd always be checking in with him. This is what's going on. Here's the latest here. You know, just, just constantly the communication, because when you're not together, that's, what's going to break it. If you're not saying what's going on. And again, open and honest, we'd talk on the weekends. Hey, how's your other family doing? You know? And he'd be like, how are the internet be friends? I'm like, Oh, they're all good. Everyone's asking about you and whatever. But, it's not the easiest thing to talk about. It's, it's still painful to me when I think that, sorry, <laughs> little man and his daddy are having a wrestling fight right now in the background. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things that you work through and you grow. And we've only gotten stronger and closer as a result of it. So okay, I'm going to ask one quick question then we, so we don't hear the little guy screaming in the background. Um, when you guys got married or before you got married, what is the most important piece of advice that you got about marriage? I'll go. I just, um, I was like five days before I got married, I was working at home hardware and, um, I can't think of his name right now. Taylor was his last name. Anyway, uh, an older gentleman I knew is about mom and dad's age at the time. And he came in and he had a, a very long marriage. His wife has since passed away, but he looked at me and he said, just let you know, he said, the one piece of advice I was given and the one piece of advice that always, always worked for me was never go to bed angry. And uh, I was like, oh, oh, did I steal yours, Brian? I'm really sorry. But that I'm not kidding. Like <laughs> we've been angry, especially early on. You could ask her, she'll tell you, but when we were first, you know, but we always made it work and we'd always, you know, we might go to bed with our backs to each other and then be like, okay, honey. And then we talk and we, <laughs> I'd eventually drag it out of her why she's pissed off or why I'm pissed off. And we'd work it out because I don't know, it's awfully hard to fall asleep when you're angry at somebody, you know, it's hard to, it doesn't make for a good night's sleep. Right. So yeah. Sorry, Brian, if I stole yours. Uh, when we got married, we actually, uh, people who came to our wedding, we asked them to either on an index card, write down a memory of the bride and groom or to give us their best marriage advice. And so the one that we got that I have always, always thought about was um, leave three things a day unsaid, which is to say you don't have to comment on everything. 
you don't have to nitpick. You don't have to, you know, if it's not something that needs to be brought up, you you don't have to be constantly. And so um, I, I will say, especially in, in, in the beginning years, it was, hmm, I'm just not going to say anything. And it doesn't matter because it's, it's, it's not a big deal. Obviously, if there's something you need to talk about, talk about that. But there's so many things you, you just don't need to comment. Yeah. So, I mean, Tim stole my biggie. Um, and it's not just that you get a bad night's sleep, but the thing that we realized uh, is if you sleep on it and you wake up the next morning, you're more than likely not going to say anything. And then the other person's like, oh, it's good. And it's over. And then three days later, when you're still pissed off about it and you haven't said anything and you blow up and you're like, well, wait, I thought you were over that. I mean, this isn't happening in my relationship now because I don't go to bed mad, but I remember from that previous experience. Um, so yeah, I got a lot of advice out of that, but no, that was something that someone told me in between, in the, in between time. Um, but another thing that, uh, an old friend of mine tried to tell me before my first marriage, um, but I actually listened before my second was call each other on your, on your bullshit. Um, like so an example is i get in a bad mood sometimes i mean I, I can i bet it's hard to believe i do but um i do get in a bad mood she gets in a bad mood um so sometimes in the morning i'll come out and i'll be all bitchy and pissy and just acting like a dick and she'll flat out look at me and say so is this going to be all day or going to be a couple hours or are you going to get over it? Um, Cause I just want to know what I have to go do. And I'll be like, yeah, let me have a couple of cups of coffee. I got some shit I'm thinking about. It'll be fine. Or I don't know why I'm pissed off. I don't know. So just leave me the hell alone and I'll let you know. I mean, so, and that goes both ways. I do that to her all the time too. So yeah, call each other on your bullshit. Don't, don't just like Amy said, don't nitpick, but like if somebody's being a dick, tell them, Tell them and ask them what what's wrong with you. Um, have a discussion. Make it better. Yeah, I think that never go to bed angry and upset with each other. That's the the token advice given to every single newly married couple. But the one thing that I was told by one of my girlfriends was, tell him you love him at least three times a day. You know, so when you wake up in the morning, good morning, kiss, morning, babe, love you. You're running out to work or he's running out to work. Have a great day, babe. Love you. When they come in, I've missed you. I love you. Like, and before you go to bed, you know, just make sure that you're getting it in there because it just feels good. <laughs> and, you know, it's just one of those things like I'll look at him and I'll be like, when's the last time I told you I love you? And he'll be like, five minutes. I'm like, okay, well, I love you, you know, and then just walk out of the kitchen, just those little things. So it's important. <laughs> um, what do you guys what's your take on the phrase opposites attract I know growing up my mother always said oh you'll find the right guy and he's going to be completely no, different from you I, and sit down. just remember opposites always attract it's always been something that's just kind of been stuck up in my head as a huh I will say that uh, my husband and I are very different in some ways. I mean, he's a night owl. I'm morning. I'm early morning. You know, we are absolutely on opposite schedules most of the time. Um, I mean, there's a lot of ways that we're different, but I think we're 
similar in the ways that matter, or I would say that our differences complement each other. So I, I think there are ways that we're opposite, but the ways that we're opposite either don't matter or they complement each other, I guess. That's, that's what I would say about opposites attract. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's weird because when you first meet, you're attracted to the sameness. You know what I mean? You're like, right, on, right early, early on, all you can see are the things that you're attracted to, right? And normally that tends to be similarities. And then after you get over the honeymoon period, all of a sudden you discover there's all these differences. And you're like, huh, where in the hell did those come from? I didn't see them. And all of a sudden there they are. And then, then all of a sudden, as time gets on, it seems like you become more like one another over time. I mean, yeah, you know, there, there's always differences there, but you know, her interests have become my interests and my interests, you know, she's become a crazy prepper and I, I like horror movies now and, you know, we'll watch, uh, I don't know, like um, movies about the royal family because that's what she like. You know, it just things kind of, you become more and more in tune and alike. You know, they, they used to say that husbands and wives start to look like one another as time goes on. And I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I think you start to take on some of their mannerisms and the way they talk. And, you know, the longer and the more comfortable you are with somebody, the more you become alike them. But, you know, you start out, only noticing the the things you're like, and then all of a sudden you notice everything that's wrong. And I think that portion right there is where some marriages get derailed really quick, you know, because people go looking for the one thing that they all of a sudden realize that person wasn't giving me or whatever. And then you realize, no, I'm good. Right. So, yeah. It's also true. If you like are not honest from the beginning about who you are, and then you can't fake it forever. I mean, you can fake it through a high school relationship for eight months or a year or whatever, but you ain't faking it for 20 years. If you are, you're just miserable and you're lying to yourself. So, I mean, what good is that? But like, if you're not honest with who you are coming up in front, then I think that derails a lot just on what you were saying. But as far as opposites attract, um, I'm six, five and Corey's five, two. So, I mean, I don't know. We're all, we're, I mean, are you really ever opposite someone? There's so many facets to everybody's personality and it's always changing and morphing. Are you really, I mean, you just kind of co-mingle with ideas and, and uh, change together and grow together and develop, you know, you you become hopefully focused on one thing, one end goal, one, one commonality between you. And yeah, you all, you should all each have your own things that you want to focus on. But you should have one goal in the end. I mean, that's kind of the point of being together is trying to achieve something, I would think, or something meaningful. But yeah, so just grow together and, and learn about each other. And as far as opposites, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to quantify opposites and personalities, I think. I can't see what you're saying. Yeah, I think it's important that you guys have a, that you and your spouse, your partner have a lot in common because you, if you didn't, there's really nothing that you're going to talk about and be interested in together. And there's nothing that, and for the differences, I mean, there are things that I like that my husband doesn't like. Like he was not a big fan of musicals, sprinkles. not at all. And he hates sprinkles. He despises it when I put sprinkles on a cake, but now he will begrudgingly eat a piece of cake with some sprinkles on it. 
And I got him to come with me downtown Chicago to see a musical, which he actually enjoyed. So, <laughs> but, um, Hey, if, you said, you said you need a lot in common to have something to talk about. I bartended for a decade. You don't need a lot in common with anybody <laughs> to talk about shit. Cause I did it for professionally for 10 years. You can, so yeah, oh. you can always talk about something. Well, that's true. Look at all of us chatting with all these random people online. I mean, I would have met half you guys if I didn't know you didn't know what we had in common. But I, I, I guess I do think that, um, especially living like the more homesteader, liberty-oriented, freedom lifestyle, you guys both got to be on the same page with that, or it's it can be a little difficult. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, uh, I mean, I can talk to that. Um, yeah, I actually have a acquaintance that uh, she's in this in this kind of lifestyle and homestead and her husband has nothing to do with it. And we would go to visit her. Um, and she had a maze, she had a ton of stuff going on and she's like, I have to shut down my farm. I'm like, why, what's going on? She's like, I have to have surgery on my shoulder and I can't take care of all the animals. And I'm like, wait, so you have to get rid of all your animals. I mean, she did have a lot of animals. It wasn't like she was getting rid of a couple chickens. And because she couldn't do the chores. And I'm like, what about your husband? Yeah, he just, we just, he doesn't do anything with it. And I'm like, oh, that's so weird. Like, I couldn't accomplish a quarter of the stuff I get done around here without Corey's help, without her encouragement, whether, I mean, help being physical help or uh, planning help, designing help, uh, and physical, like actually helping me do things. We would split up chores um, as far as like um, when she had to leave super early in the morning, I would do the chores before work, but she'd get home early. So she'd do the evening chores. But if I got home early for some reason, I would help her do the like it, it just works. And if you're not together doing it, I have no idea how you'd get it done. It, 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 not not with a full scale homestead going on. That that'd just be insanity. For, uh, yeah, like, I, I, it works both ways. Like every, you know, every crazy idea that I go to Becky, you know, she's like, yeah, that'll work, you know, or she might roll her eyes and call me an idiot. But like, I, I use the most recent example when I get into solar and I set up a solar system. She didn't even bat an eyelash. But then one night I was laying in bed and I, I kind of tap her on the back. I said, you know, honey, I think I want to get a windmill. And she's like, Okay, you know, she's like, you can do that, you know, and she's always my biggest encourager, you know, when I wanted to become a, a YouTuber at what, 38 years old, she's like, go for it, hon. And I mean, how, you know, some, some nights I do like, or some weeks I do like five live streams and she's totally fine with it. She loves it, you know, and there's no issues there at all. And, you know, she, she said, I want to start a daycare and I'm like, what can I do to help you? You know, and I'm the daycare handyman and I've done, we the hours we put into getting that ready, you know, and it took a year. Like we were almost to the point where we were like, are we going to shut it down? And now they are at capacity and they're kicking ass and taking names, but that wouldn't happen if we hadn't have both done it, you know? So, and we're a team and she encourages me and I encourage her. And, you know, if something's dumb or stupid, we'll, we'll say, Hey, why don't we try it a little different? Right. And it works. It, yeah, that that's how, yeah, she's my encourager for sure. Everybody stopped. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Go ahead, lady. I, I couldn't find my mute button. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's hard. Like if if you guys aren't on the same page with 
the gardening or the animals or the farm. I, I, I don't know how, I don't know how, I, there's no way I could do that by myself. And I, I know like for me, I would get burnt out easily and I would not be a very happy wife and I would not be a good wife. And I, there would be a lot of resentment there if that's like, if that's what we were dealing with. So I, wow, I don't know. There That's was a, we had a question there just a little while back. Who, where did it go? It was about scheduling. I hope I didn't lose it. Anybody else see that? I uh, from Susan. There we are. Sorry. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, she she asked, do you discuss schedules? Like these, these three things need to be done. Let's do them together. You do this. I'll do that. Hmm. I know for us, uh, we sit down once a week and just look at the calendars and say, I say, okay, hey, buddy, you got any crazy shifts this week that I got, I need to know about and what are the projects that we want to get done. And then we just kind of go from there. <laughs> we're constantly talking. Go ahead. So, yeah. We're constantly talking. So, I mean, there's no, I mean, constantly <laughs> like all day texting or calling. Um, I do service work. So I'm driving from location to location, usually in between at least one or two of them a day, I give her a call and see how our day's going, see what's going on, see what we were doing for the evening. Uh, yeah, we're pretty well in communication and coordinated on a day-to-day -day basis. So uh, there isn't really, I mean, if I have some big project coming up, yeah. I mean, she knows it because she's probably in the middle of helping plan it. So uh, that's just kind of how ours goes. Yeah, the first time uh, that I will see my husband for the day, whatever time that is, whether it's morning or night or whatever, it's like, he'll always ask what's on the agenda for today. So then we know what's going on. If there's something I need help with, if there's something he's doing, if he's leaving, if I'm leaving, um, yeah, you, you, you're going to run a house together. You got to know what's going on. So, Especially for those projects coming down the road, and then you can set your timetables and, hey, when are you going to be out that we can get this done? Okay, let's plan it the big chunk of it for this weekend or these two days or something like that. Um, for anybody in the audience, if you guys do have any questions, please be sure to put them in all caps so we can make sure we get them. We did get one earlier from an audience member who was asking how best to be helpful when your partner's um, depressed or dealing with PTSD and how can you help them gracefully? Does anybody have any uh, feedback on that? Um, I mean, depression. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, you you got to kind of ease it along. Um, encouragement. Uh, Corey goes through some bouts where she she kind of gets in some ruts, and um, yeah, it's it's kind of encouraging them to move a little faster than they're moving um but not pushing it too much to make it uh seem aggressive i guess would be for a better term um encouragement and um and praise i mean not i don't want to say praise but just encouraging language around them and being cheerful and don't um but not overly cheerful because that can be a turnoff too. So it's kind of like this balancing act. Um, I actually asked her uh, when, when I saw that question and she said, you do an awesome job. And I was like, well, what do I do? She's like, I don't know. 
you just do it. So I don't know if it's just a personality thing that I have, but I was trying to think for the last, you know, half hour, hour, four hour and a half, however long it's been. Um, and I just really don't know if there's a specific set of things I do. It's just, you got to feel it out, see, see what's working, see what triggers a, a, enough of a response and kind of do more of that and see what doesn't and do less of that. And, you know, it's, it's all a personal relation thing, I think. Yeah. I think it's tricky because, you know, if you are depressed, you don't always know what you want. So you don't always know what to ask for. Um, so, I mean, in any time that we've dealt with that on either end here, it's just like you said, Brian, like you don't even know what it is that they did that, that made it better. You, you can't even put your finger on it. Um, but I think just the fact that, you know, that there's someone that's there, that's not going anywhere and they're, they're just going to hang out till it's done. You know, I think that's probably the most helpful thing, but it is a balanced thing. You know, some days it's yay praise. And I know what you mean by praise. Like I know what you're saying. Um, and some days that's not at all what they want, or that's not at all what you want. So it, it definitely is a, a balancing act and a, a tricky thing to go through. I think some of the worst advice I was ever given was when I was in college and I was going through a boat of anxiety and the guy just looked at me. He's like, just pray about it. And I'm like, that's fucking bullshit that you might as well just say, just get over it. You know what I mean? Like that is the worst advice. And now to jump ahead a few years. And once I was married, um, and I don't know if this is all men, but at least I try to solve problems. If there's a problem, I want to solve it. If my wife feels bad, I want to make her feel good. And the problem is that doesn't work. You can't solve it. So, you know, for me, it's taken me 17 years to realize don't solve, just listen, right? And just be there and do what I can. And Brian, you're absolutely right, Brian. And it's funny because over the years, um, like subconsciously, you start finding what works and you might not even know what does work. But for whatever reason, just your presence seems to help more every time. And I seriously, though, I was, I was awful at trying to just solve it because when we're, you know, us as men, it's like, Oh, what do we do? Okay. What's wrong? Okay. Well, here's a, B and C do those three things and you'll be good. Now nah, it doesn't work that way. You just got to listen and let time pass and be encouraging. And yeah. And, and it works both ways. You know, it you can't just solve it when you're a guy either. Yeah, I'm I'm exactly like you, Tim. So I mean, you're handyman. I'm a technician. I'm a machine operator, maintenance, and I fix shit. I I figure out why why it's broken and I fix it. And yeah, I stopped doing that. I started listening, and I think it was actually Spearco that uh, that kind of put that in my head for the first time, probably seven, eight years ago when he was, he was talking about, um, I think it was convincing somebody to move or it was, it was some conversation about a spouse. And he just said, listen, just listen and stop trying to fix it and, and trying to convince, just listen and figure out what they're saying. And I think that's, that's really where that turning was. And I think, I think I might've just figured it out as I listened to what she says. I mean, that's, I think that might be it. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just natural, whatever it is. Like Tim said, it just comes natural and you know what to do, but 
really it might be just listening to and actually hearing what they need not actually the words necessarily coming out of their mouth but hearing what they're actually saying and it's like a, a weird translation you got to make in your head and it's just by knowing that person i think i know i said it but i didn't mean it and i really wanted you to know what i meant right you know how it is and i think some of the best advice i ever got was stop listening to reply but just sit there and listen and take it in. Because how many times we find ourselves sitting there we're listening, we're like, okay, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Okay, well, did you think about doing this? And you're coming up with the answers in your head before they're done speaking. You gotta shut that part of your brain off. And it's so freaking hard to do, but you just gotta shut it off and just sit there and listen. So that was my best piece of advice that I got. The worst piece of advice that I ever got was from my parents. I was dealing with depression when I left school and I was told, okay, you can come home, but just so you know, we don't feel sorry for ourselves in this house. I was like, that's the worst thing you can tell somebody who's dealing with this right now. <laughs> um, so please don't ever tell somebody that they're not allowed to feel sorry for themselves because it's not really what's going on. <laughs> um, but you know, like you just gotta be supportive and just, everybody said it. You just got to sit there and listen. You got to let them know, even if they don't want to talk about it that day, I'm here when you're ready. It can be today. It can be tomorrow. It can be a year from now. I don't care, but I'm here for you. And I'm always going to be here for you. And whenever you're ready to sit and talk, whatever time of day it is, let's have that chat. And I will just listen. And if you want me to reply, I'll reply, but I will just listen. You set the terms. I need my sleep. I only, I only, I'm only on call like uh, 5 a.m. till uh, about 8 o'clock at night. So if she's she's got issues overnight, she's got to find somebody else. She's she's got to find those internet boyfriends like I did. You better watch out, Brian. Yeah, I I don't know how many times we've stayed up. I mean, yeah, I'm a I'm a early to bed, early to rise kind of guy. But I don't know how many times we've stayed up so far past our old person bedtimes, just chatting about things that are bugging us. Or, you know, and we work them out, you know, but usually we're tired and maybe not cranky the next day, but yeah, it is what it is. A lot of times it just seems that either, either it's late at night or in a long car ride. That's usually when we have time to discuss things when we're, yeah. Or, or just have a bitch fest when we need to just bitch about everything, about everybody and anything. Long car rides are really, really good for that. That seems to be the best time. So. I have a friend and we would always say that she and I could solve all the world's problems if we were just on a car ride forever, just going all over the place. Cause we would come up with so many solutions for everything that we were both dealing with on those drives. Um, let's see. Were there any other questions in the comments that we may not have seen? I'm going to say, I like Rock and Eight's comment there too about, People say marriage is 50-50, but uh, said they give 100% all the time. I, I, yeah, I like that because it, it is true. You know, it's not a, I don't know. You just bring everything you have to the table and leave it there and, you know, work our way out, right? And <laughs> Nate says his best conversations, or him and his wife, are between 10 p.m. and midnight. So, yeah. <laughs> and that that's late for me. Man, my old ass is in bed a lot of nights by 8, 8.30 sometimes, you know, and but I'm also up at like 4.30, 5 o'clock every morning. So, but yeah. But yes, that I don't know. Something magical about long car rides 
and after dark late at night in bed talking because that seems to be the times when either your guards down or, or what but we have the best i mean and also and i know brian was saying about always being able to talk to people but jesus if you can't talk to your significant other like if if, if you can't just sit down and have a conversation anytime all the time you might not be with the right person you know and i don't mean that i'm you know, if you've long been married, well, that's a different story. But if you're dating and you're out there and you and you you got nothing in common, can't talk about anything, can't converse, then I don't know. Either you got a problem or move on because I'm. I know I love the sound of my own voice, but Becky and I, we uh, we like we can talk about anything and everything forever and never get bored of each other. So you know. But you also have to be able to be silent around each other. Because that's a real problem. For me. Try doing that. That's. Uh... That can uh, that was a trust exercise I learned a long, long, long time ago. I think it was like in high school, some weird class I took was like sitting silently looking at someone for five minutes. And it's it, it's it's harder than it sounds like it's, it depends on the person, I guess. But yeah, in uh, in high school, it didn't work very well. But yeah, it's something that I can do with Corey and just kind of look at her and almost know what she's thinking. Um, but I think uh, everybody got to give a piece of advice and I missed out because I only gave the thing that I that somebody told me. But uh, I, uh, I wanted to throw out there that if you are thinking about, if you're with someone and you're thinking about getting engaged or getting married, um, live with them before you do too much planning and too much, I mean, it's socially acceptable now. Um, you learn a lot about someone when you first start living with them. So if you have any opportunity to spend some time living with each other before you make a lifelong commitment that costs lawyers and tons of money to get out of, I would take that opportunity and do it and see if you guys are compatible when you live together. Because when you go home to separate houses at night, you do all the things that you won't do in front of them. There's no place to do that when you're living together. So um, yeah, just, give it a test run. I mean, you test drive a car, test drive, test drive your uh, significant other before you make a commitment for life. Why is everybody laughing? I just, I don't, I, I don't understand. I can't even say that. Yeah. But um, the one other thing, I don't think I, I chimed in on the scheduling thing. I was going to mention that too, but when the kids were younger, we talked all the time because uh, I would work days, she'd work nights, and we would drop the kids off at the babysitter for an hour in between, and I'd pick them up afterwards. But now that we're older and, you know, I have more flexible schedule, the, the scheduling we talk about now is when we're going to get away together or our dates, you know, and dates are important. I don't care how old you are. You got to, you know, we, and even if it's a grocery trip, like here on the prairies, you got to drive everywhere. So, you know, if we want to go out of town for groceries, it's an hour's drive each way. So we plan you know, groceries and stop to the hardware store. And then we plan a dinner, you know, we talk all week. Okay. Where are we going to go? What are we going to eat? You know, and it's usually Montana's for wings, but it's just a great time. You know, it's just her and I, and then sometimes one of the adult kids will catch wind that we're going and can we cut? Hell no, no, you're staying. It's a date day for mom and dad and we are going out and we're going to enjoy ourselves. And yeah. So yeah, just, I know it's another piece of advice, but keep dating, always date. And we got really bad about that for a long time. And we've gotten a lot more intentional in the last couple of years, and it's worth a lot. But yes, yeah, just, yeah go ahead, Lydia. Um, yeah, the, the whole living, I mean, 
I lived with my parents until we got married. So I was almost 32. <laughs> so did my man. So, <laughs> but I come from a, well, he, he actually did live. He had his own place. He did live with me, but he was in a separate bedroom at my parents' house because traditional Irish Roman Catholic parents over here. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, we're still good. We haven't had any any major issues. Um, I but I mean, Brian, I've heard a lot of people say that you know. The whole test drive the car. And Tim, I was laughing just because with my Catholic sensibilities, the whole test driving the car before you before you buy it. It's like, oh I drive a lot of cars. <laughs> I grew up evangelical. Yeah. Uh test driving was not you you had to you were expected to pick the car and have it delivered to your dooryard on marriage yep. day. You know that was it. There was there was no there was no test driving. There was no kicking the tires. There was no checking the trunk out. It was just, yeah. You didn't even get to look at the headlines. Oh no! Oh no! No, you didn't even know if there were bulbs in there. At least that's what they told us. So. You're like, and then and then they expect you to be, um, uh, well, you know, uh, a well-adjusted young man and woman, right? You're like, what's a car, Dad? I don't even know what the hell a car is. Come on. Like, well, you should know. You're born with it. Oh boy. <laughs> but yet the generation that came before us, uh, you know, they anyway, it was what it was, right? But they're like, they all did it and they all pretended like they didn't do it. And they all pretended like, uh, no, no, Jesus, no, we, we weren't hippies. We didn't do anything, right? And, and you're not going to do it either. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, when I said test drive the car, I was actually talking about living together and trying that before you moved in together for the long haul. But I mean, yeah, I mean, test driving the car, too, is, is not a bad idea. Oh, we knew what you meant, but it's just way more fun to make funny and everybody giggle like little schoolgirls. You know? <laughs> it is always amusing to... Innuendo, come on, Brian. Innuendo, yeah. we, you can you could have taken it in so many different ways, Tim. I appreciate you for taking it the way that you yeah, did. I mean, I'll be honest. Tim's talking about dating. I play grab ass with my wife all the time, and that is like the most. I think that keeps things very cool between us. Like I'm constantly walking by, she'll be making dinner, and I'll just pat pat or. Dirty text messages during the day. Uh, can't wait to see you tonight. Kind of all the time, and I think that just keeps things interesting and and fun. So, yeah. Now, now you all, you told me <laughs> I had to behave tonight. You told me I had to behave. Okay, cave one, Amy, cave woman, Amy, let it out. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, no, but I will say it is interesting. You know, when you have a. Uh, teenage boys or you know i guess they're they're practically adults now but when you have lingerie hanging all over the house drying am i causing my children therapy i don't know are they going to be okay i don't know i don't know <laughs> we'll find out i guess i know right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it seriously it's fine. it's fine it's only time will tell right i mean right. you gotta try that's right you only get one shot, so you might as well make it work. Yeah. And they'll at least know 
Sorry, they'll at least know what stuff to buy their future ladies. Because I'm like, hey, I saw my mom had this. So I don't want to buy that. No, no, no. They're buying something oh, different. They's... They're not buying what mom wore. <laughs> They're buying something different. So, Brian, you oh, talked about grab ass. Uh, yeah, we, we play the game where we try to sneak up behind each other and slap each other in the butt without the other person expecting it. And then if we do, it's like points or whatever. It's a great game, you know? So, yeah. I'm always told that looking's for free, but touching, you got to pay. So if I grab his ass, I got to pay in some way. <laughs> and we works. play the game when we go out for supper. And I'm like, uh, so are you paying or am I paying? You know, it's all the same account. Yeah, and then, and, you know, and then they'll hand me the bank or the machine for the bank card. And I'll give it to Becky and, you know, try to razz the waitress. Like, <laughs> we shouldn't have done that, you know, and it's. Then Becky just rolls around. She's like, oh, comes out in the same damn account. Honey, shut up. Yeah, I don't. Hey, it just never stops. I, we pick on each other constantly because we love each other. And you have a thousand inside jokes that no one else would get. You know, like, uh, let's see, 15 years ago when we were first, I think maybe just first married. I don't know what happened or how this happened, but she took her hand and grabbed my nose like that a little bit and left a perfect bruise on the end of my nose, just like, you know, it never showed up to the next day. Well, for the next, that, that has gotten more mileage over the last 15 years. You know, I'll always joke that, Oh, what are you going to do? Twist my nose again. It's the dumbest, stupidest little joke, but it's our little inside joke that makes us both laugh. No one else would ever get it, but it's what makes our connections, you know? So when I first met Corey, um, I was living on my own, so I was cooking all my own meals and everything, and I was like, whatever, I'll cook the the simplest, like, basically throw a pound of ground beef in the in the fry pan, chop it up like uh, taco meat, and then throw it in a bowl of ketchup and mustard, eat with a spoon. Like, it was food, like, whatever, I didn't need, didn't need to be fancy, I was drinking quite a bit at the time, so, you know, anything to fill my gut. And uh, so we went over and uh, we we're hanging out at her parents' house watching their dog. And she's like, I'll make you dinner. I'm like, okay, whatever. This is cool. So she's seven years younger than me. So I think this was, so it would have been, blah, 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 blah. she was like 24. And so she goes to make um, macaroni and cheese. And she's following the recipe and all of a sudden I walk out in the kitchen and she's straining the macaroni and cheese through a, through a, uh, like a colander. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I accidentally put two cups of milk in instead of half a cup and I'm straining it out. <laughs> I was like, that's not how that works, but sure. Like, I swear to God for like five years, I thought she did it on purpose so she wouldn't have to cook for me, but I mean, she's gotten better now. She cooks every night, so I can't complain about the food. She's she says I have I keep eating it, so she must be doing something right. And yeah, she's gotten way better than the whole macaroni and cheese incident. But yeah, I think she was just trying to get out of cooking for a while. Oh, I tell my man because he's become a really good chef, and I'm like, you know, if you cook like this when I first met you, I would have proposed like right away <laughs> because his meals are so dang good. Uh, Nikki Toes Quilting, she says, I think it also helps to know what each other's love languages are. This is, I actually had a note to bring this up at some point. Love languages are so important. Like I know for me, my man knows <laughs> his love language is food. Like he just yelled from the couch. But for me, like I don't want presents. I don't want all the fancy schmancy stuff. I want you to show me that you love me. 
I don't need all the caresses and touches and everything. Just, just be there for me when I need you, you know? So. Yeah. If you don't, it's like speaking two different languages. And that is another thing that's when you're first married, you don't maybe even know. And when you're young, Jesus, sometimes you don't even know your own love language. You know, that takes a long time to, to discover, you know, Oh, do I like words of affirmation or do I like getting gifts or do I like being touched or I can't remember them all, but that's three of them I know. And, but it, um, yeah. And that's important because you can be doing your damnedest to show your significant other that you love them and they're not getting it at all because you were talking in it. You know, honestly, it's like, you know, a Russians, you know, talking to a French person and, they both might think they're telling the other person the most interesting story in the world, but they're not getting it because you're not talking the way they need it. Right. And that, that's the way it is. Like, you know, some people do like getting gifts. Some people like being surprised. And if you're, if you're doing that, I think maybe that's where some marriages break down sometimes too, is that uh, you're trying really hard, but the other person feels like they're not getting what they need because you're not giving them what they need, but you think you are, you know, and then a lot of frustration and stuff comes in there and, you know, that's a great book or even just, you know, look it up on the internet and, uh, you know, watch a five minute video on it. Cause the con once you know the concept, all of a sudden it starts sticking out a bit. Yeah. But if those rush that Russian and that French person were test driving a car together, they'd know it for sure. I'm trying to come up with something there, but I don't know, maybe about French kissing or I don't know, Russian, but I don't know. But yeah, I, I mean, they would certainly make an interesting noise. Let's put it that way. Oh I, man, Tim, you were, you were on the, you were on the game tonight. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah, I, one of, one of the things that I first told my guy, I was like, look, I don't want, I don't like jewelry. I don't like flowers because I'm allergic to most of them. <laughs> I was like, if you want to get me anything, just get me like a thing of dark chocolate. <laughs> and he's like, okay. I mean, then when we started talking about getting married, I was like, I don't like surprises. So you're not proposing to me like as a surprise. I'm like, and I hate diamonds and I hate gold. So... You, you got a couple options here and we can, we can look at some, some potential rings and stuff, but yeah, it was, it's one of those things. So he always says that like my love language of gifts makes it a lot easier for me to shop because he just kind of acts like he's shopping for himself. <laughs> you also told me that we never shared our engagement stories either. Did we? That was on our notes and I love telling my engagement story, but I'll wait if anybody else wants to go first. I'll go first. So what was it? Uh, engagement story and uh, wedding? Was that the, the question? So um, engagement story, it was eight years in. I mean, it wasn't like it was a surprise. We kind of were in a mode after eight years that we discussed everything and we shared a bank account and well, we shared, shared several bank accounts and we owned a house together. Um, I wasn't going to go out and buy an engagement ring without talking to her about it. Um, so basically we said, yeah, we should probably get married. Um, so, uh, in case something happened to one of, one of us, uh, it would be very difficult 
to do the property and the joint own car and the non-joint own car and all that. So it was basically for paperwork and uh, governmental ease. Um, so we decided we were going to do it and we went to the ring store and um, we walk in and the salesman comes over and he says, yeah, what can I help you? I was like, yeah, buy her whatever she wants. Like whatever she wants to pick out, that's what we'll get her. And his eyes got all big and he got all excited. And uh, Corey's like, yeah, which one of these will fit under a pair of gloves when I'm working in the garden? And his face just kind of dropped like what? <laughs> and so she ends up picking this little tiny ring and she she gets we get it ordered and they, the guy says the date it's going to be done. And like he wasn't supposed to in front of her and all this stuff. So she knew when I was going to pick it up. And I was like, this is just a lost cause at this point. But we're on the way home. And she says, well, it's not fair that I'm getting this engagement ring. You should get something, too. I'm like, well, I don't want a damn ring. I mean, like, I can't wear it at work, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, what do you want? That's about the same price. I was like, how about a freaking new shotgun? She said, absolutely. I'll buy you a shotgun for an engagement present. Go pick one out. So I went to Cabela's, ordered a shotgun. Shotgun came in the same day as the ring was done. I went down to pick up the ring. I immediately went to her parents' house because I'm a good man and after eight years i went and asked her parents for permission to marry their daughter they were both ecstatic because they love me because i'm just a great guy i guess but anyway i stopped at the at cabela's on the way home and picked up my shotgun and she had told me that i could not use it i could not pull the trigger until she got her ring and i'm like oh shit. so i drive home I walk in the door, I walk over, I had written a letter to her because I knew I wasn't going to be able to surprise her, do anything fancy or anything like that. I wrote her a letter, um, kind of telling her what she means to me and why I wanted to marry her. I read her the letter and gave her the ring, put my gun together, went outside and shot a bunch of 12 gauge shotgun rounds. So yeah, that was our engagement story. Our wedding, basically um party in the field behind my house we had a big circus tent and uh chairs set out in the field the ceremony literally it took longer for everyone to walk in and out than the ceremony was and then we had a big party and it was fantastic so yeah that was about it all right i'll tell mine then so um <laughs> yeah uh so we we're we met in august so i guess it was only about four months and on Christmas Eve, I told Becky that we were going to start a new tradition where we were going to go to the lighthouse and we we're going to exchange a gift at um, uh, on the beach at the lighthouse. And so I said, I'll open yours first. And so she gave me one and I got a little $20 mouse sander from Walmart. It was the greatest present ever. And then she opened, she got ready to open hers and I got down on one knee. She's like, oh my God. And she was all excited. So I, I've never let her live that down that she got a husband and I got a mouse sander. So but it was it was a great surprise because I found out later on that her grandmother always said that if he doesn't propose to you within the first year, he's probably not worth it. And I figured four or five months in should be worth it, you know, but Christmas Eve. So we always remember that. And then our wedding, uh, we had about fifteen hundred bucks. It was pretty, uh, pretty tiny, sparse budget. And the best part was we had a potluck because I always hate going to weddings and the food is crap. And I'm like, you know what? If we do a potluck, we won't have to pay for it. And at least everybody will bring one thing that they like to eat. And 
one funny story from our wedding. So the night before, of course, we did all the decorating ourselves. And one of the things we spent a lot of money on was a great big canister of helium. And we bought a bunch of balloons and we filled them all. And her, her wish was to have all these balloons up on the ceiling for our first dance. And we had, it must've been two or 300 balloons we filled and they were all up on the ceiling. And we went out to do our pictures the day of the wedding. And we were coming back to the reception hall and my best man grabs me and he says, I don't know what you're going to do here. He said, don't tell Becky, but he said, all the balloons are on the ground. So we'd bought the wrong type of balloons. Apparently there's a certain type of balloon that holds helium and another type that doesn't really hold helium very well, or there was a change in temperature. So I thought, oh my, anyway. So I told her, I I broke the news very gently. And I said, well, honey, I guess we're going to dance with balloons around our feet. And I I brought it up like that and she was okay with it. But yeah, I was kind of scared for a minute that the, you know, there might be a pretty, pretty quick ending to the wedding and I might be dead or something, but we were okay. I I don't have anything too exciting um, to share. I mean, we met in, what do we mean? In June by February, we were engaged. Um, I knew that it was coming because um, when we started talking about getting married in rings, um, the ring that I wanted was a family heirloom. It was my great, great grandma's wedding set. And so he got that from my parents. So they knew it was coming and he went and got it cleaned and all redone and everything. So we, we knew it was coming. It's just, when is it going to come? And um, it was actually, we were sitting around the table at my parents' house, just hanging out. And my dad was sitting across from me and he looked at me kind of weird. And I realized he was looking at my shoulder. I was sitting at my on my husband's lap and he had put the ring in the box on my shoulder. And so that, oh, yeah, there you go. Um, our wedding was very low key. Um, the, the coolest thing about our wedding is that our wedding cake was a cheesecake. So that's my story. (laughs) (laughs) Cheesecake, wedding cake. I love it. Yeah. We, uh, he proposed, I think it was less than a year after we started dating. We're terrible with all those dates, like when we start dating and all that stuff. But, uh, I knew we, we, we realized within like three to four months that we were going to be getting married, but we waited till the following summer to actually propose, but we, we found our wedding venue several months before that. <laughs> um, I kind of, I picked out the ring. I told him, I was like, I don't want diamonds. I don't want gold. I said, silver's fine. I like the Clotta design because it's beautiful and it's Irish. So he actually found me a little Clotta set. It's got some cubic zirconias and emeralds in it. So I'm like, okay, that works. Um, <laughs> He actually asked my dad, we were at the lake house and I had gone into, I would think we were going to do s'mores down at the fire. So I went inside to get the stuff for the s'mores and I come outside and my dad walks up to me and he gives me a big hug. And I was like, what's going on? He's like, he's like, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, okay. And I knew Brian was going to be asking my dad that weekend anyway, but my dad then goes inside and goes up and I guess he tells my mother that he just been asked for permission to marry me and we're all down at the fire. And my mother goes, so Letty, do you guys have uh, something to tell us? Do you have any news? And I looked at her. I was like, no, <laughs> she was so upset. I'm like, he just asked for permission. I don't have anything on this finger yet. So I, I have no news to give you. Um, he actually proposed at the end of the month then. So the end of July and <laughs> we did every Wednesday night, we would go out for pie 
because we love pie. And he was like, okay, what kind of pie do you want? And I'm like, I don't care, whatever. He said, okay, well, we'll, we'll go to the, he said, let's meet at the, um, the little bandstand in the town where he lived. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's great. So we had our first pie night. And I knew that I knew the proposal was going to be either that night or the following Saturday. I just didn't know which one. <laughs> and we get there and we're eating our pie. And he's like, he, he takes, we, we throw the stuff on. He's like, Loretta Ann. And I just look at him like, are you going to ask me like in the form of a contract? Because we met in contract law and we had always joked about him proposing to me like with a contract. <laughs> he's like, no. So like he went, he started saying and he pulls out the ring and I'm like, just put the damn thing on my finger. Yes, of course I'm going to marry you. I'm getting to the homeless guy. So I take a picture. I send it to my girlfriends and my parents. My one friend calls me and she's like crying and screaming. And all of a sudden this voice comes up from behind us. Like who has that voice of an angel? And we look, there was a homeless guy who had been passed out under the bush behind us. And we didn't even know he was there. <laughs> So we're like, oh, he just proposed. And the guy's like, oh, congratulations. That's awesome. Okay. One minute, kiddo. <laughs> it was it was just like the funniest thing. So we had the homeless guy present at our proposal. And our wedding, we actually ended up getting married the following May because I wanted my family from Ireland to be able to come over. And they wouldn't have been able to come by, come at Thanksgiving. So I was like, okay. But we had, there were 50 people total. We were at a small little farm. And I wrote the ceremony. <laughs> My godmother performed it. We did a hand fasting and it was great. And we had a tiny cake, but we had pies because pies were our thing. So we had all sorts of different pies out for everybody to eat. And uh, the following weekend, we had another ceremony at the church to do the Catholic thing. <laughs> so I got to wear my dress twice, which was nice. But yeah, that was fun. <laughs> but I love how we all had like, just like small and simple Simple things. I, I had a friend who was freaking out over her wedding because she's like, I had to buy, I had to take out two credit cards and we took out a loan to be able to pay for the wedding. And I was just like, you're starting your, your married life with that much debt. And she said, yeah. Was that a problem? I was like, well, just know that it's not the amount of money that you spend on your wedding or what you spend on your dress or what you spend on the ring that makes the marriage. I said, it's, you and your husband, what you what you two put into it, money has nothing to do with it. But the two of you together is what's going to make that marriage. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Was good. So, um, well, we're coming up in an hour and a half. Uh, do you guys, I guess uh, the last thing we'll go around. Um, what's the number one piece of advice that you would have to give to anybody who's thinking about getting married? <laughs> I probably what we've covered already, but you know, just uh um I guess do you know do more list if you're a guy, do more listening than solving and don't go to bed angry. I know that's simple, but uh and marry your best friend because it's yeah. I mean everything that you think is important when you're 20 years old is nowhere near as important when you're 40. I mean, some things get more important, but you know, if you can't spend time with the person and you can't, you know, if, if they're not the type of person that you want to spend every minute with all the time, 
it's probably not going to get better as time goes on. So marry your best friend and marry somebody you can talk to. I would say a lot of stuff that we've already talked about, but I would also say, um, for God's sake, talk your spouse up. Don't be one of those people that is bitching about their spouse all the time and crabbing and just all, oh my gosh, the, the people that get together and all they can do is talk nasty things about their spouse and complain, like, don't be that person. If, if you're that unhappy, then do something about it. Yeah, you just kind of stole mine. Um, but yeah, I could never, I could never handle it going to work and all the guys I worked with, cause I've always worked with guys. I've worked in, you know, factories and this and that, all these guys, and they're always bitching about their wives and how much they don't want to go home and how much they hate their wife. I'm like, I can't wait till the shift is over so I can go home and see my wife. Like, I don't think in 14 years I've said a bad word about Corey ever. I mean, because if there's something between us it's between us and we deal with it. We figure it out. I don't need to talk to anybody else about it, but I guess, uh, so my biggest piece of advice, uh, find the person that in your very worst moment you would turn to and marry him. Because if you can turn to him in your very worst moment, anything else is easier and they're just going to make your life better. So find that person that if you can think of the worst scenario in the world, and that you would turn to them for help or advice or encouragement or just somebody to hug or whatever, find that person and you'll be fine. That's a good one, Brian. I, I think mine would be, it doesn't matter what you have when you start out your marriage. You could have all the money and all the possessions in the world that you need, or you could have nothing and you're starting out from the very bottom. It's what the two of you make of it. It's having each other's back. It's being each other's best friend. It's saying I love you every day. And just being happy to be with that person. So, well, I want to thank you guys for joining us tonight around the campfire. This was a fun chat. Um, something we've been, I've been looking forward to talking about for a while. And let's see, next week over here on the Fireside Freedom, we have Buddy is going to be the fire sitter and he's going to be hosting an episode discussing DIY projects and time management. So if that interests you, please be sure to join in next Tuesday night at 7 Central. Thank you guys and have a great night.